You're listening to Women Transcend. I'm Jennifer Todd, and this is a podcast that explores issues that affect women and girls worldwide. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Women Transcend. If you're a friend of the pod and you are joining us as a regular listener, thank you so much. We appreciate your time and your listens. If you're a new listener, welcome. We are so glad that you have found us and we hope that you enjoy our series. I would encourage you to please subscribe to our podcast so that new episodes will automatically upload into your podcast player. That way you are sure that you won't miss an episode. Well, I'm really glad, folks, that you have joined us for this episode because I really think this is an important one. We did a two-part episode on human trafficking in season one. It was very powerful, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I would encourage you to go back, and it's in our catalog. Give that a listen. How did you find that episode, John? I thought it was really, um, as you say, it was very powerful. There were a lot of uh, insights into what people in that situation face that I had just never considered. Yeah, and it seems like it's more and more kind of discussion about human trafficking and sex trafficking mm-hmm. is is more kind of in the popular dialectic. Mm-hmm. There is a kind of moral outrage that is building over the issue of human trafficking and sex trafficking. And there are, along with that, some awareness efforts that have been launched. We talked about those in in our season one episode. You know, there's a hotline you can call. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of work put into, you know, warning signs that someone is being trafficked or is a victim of trafficking, what to watch for and who to contact and what to do. And that's great. So some success in raising awareness. Yeah. That's great, and that's important. That's absolutely enormously important to draw attention to the fact that this is happening under our noses. This isn't something that is is happening in India and Nepal, and we are safe from it. It is happening here. Yeah. And we're starting to become aware of that. But what we are not discussing, and it is absent completely from discussion and is also absent almost completely from research, is what happens to women when they escape the situation or when they leave this these unwanted lives that they have been living in trafficking. So there's not I'm surprised that there's not a lot of research tracking these women. Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of research about women, mainly international research done around women who have left sex trafficking or left the trafficked life. Mm -hmm. And the research, not surprisingly, shows that these women suffer from very high rates of anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. As, yeah, as you might imagine that living that life 
and again, this is an unwanted life. <laughs> this is living yeah. a life that, that you have been held captive in. Why do you think that there has been such little research? Is it, is it because there it's harder to track these women or just lack of... Well, that's a good question. And I think that that's something that we need to think about. Why, beyond research, why are we not thinking more about the women who are in recovery from this life and all the co-occurring factors and disorders that come with it, like substance abuse? You know, if you have been living the life of a trafficked person chances are that you have been exposed to substance abuse and very likely you have become addicted. That's just a part of the lifestyle. And again, you may not have had any choice. It may have been part of the indoctrination. Yeah, that's true. So it's not just a coping mechanism. It's actually part of the strategy to sort of get you ensnared in that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And dependent and compliant. Yeah. And then once you're able to escape this imposed life that you didn't you didn't ask for, you didn't want, then where is the moral outrage for what victimhood has done to these women? Where are the resources to help these women? And it seems like because a lot of the women exit this lifestyle as substance abusers, that is the label that gets stuck with them. And not, you know, I survived. Yes, I'm working on this. I've got some scars. But I survived. And now I am ready to move on. And I need some help. Mm -hmm. And anyone in that situation is going to need some help. Yeah. And there's nobody actively reaching, or not nobody, there are very few resources available or people reaching their hands out and saying, I am here to help you. Yeah. We have an interview today with an organization and two amazing women who are doing just that. So why is it that there aren't resources available? And why is it that... We're not asking these women who are, you know, maybe homeless or couch surfing, which is homelessness. They're addicted. Why do we not have the same sense of responsibility to help them? Yeah, yeah. We we are passing judgment on them because of their co-occurring factors that come along with the lifestyle again that was imposed on yes. them. Yeah. They're drug users. Mm-hmm. And you know, honestly, our society does not care a lot about drug users. We don't have a whole lot of resources available, you know, beds available. Certainly not enough. Yeah. Just not enough. And you know, the the situation with the heroin epidemic or crisis or whatever, however you want to label it, the lack of resources available to address that. So part of this, I feel like, is blaming the victim. Yes. And these women are absolutely victims. Yeah. And when they are able to leave that victimized role and try to build lives, but they're hooked, they've got, you know... You're really not set up for success when you 
exit that role. Yeah, definitely. You, know, you, yeah. you, you just, you have virtually no resources, it seems like. Yeah. And you are maybe addicted mm -hmm. and you're, so you're trying to deal with that and you're trying to, you know, you haven't maybe had a paying job, you know, a, an hourly wage job. And these um, are all serious problems to try to deal with even individually, but they, they really stack up, you know, they're yeah. all happening at once. Yeah. And these are, these are people, these are humans. These are women who are, valuable and important and they have worth and they have lots that they can contribute to yes. society mm -hmm. if they just get a little bit of help and so we have an interview coming up today that please stay tuned to listen to because it is really powerful today um we are interviewing two women from the organization Bravely, which focuses on helping women who have left sex trafficking and are trying to put their lives together and get clean and get job training. And there's this amazing program that helps them do just that. And their, their stories are so powerful. This is an organization that you will be moved to go onto the website and click donate. I'm telling you from experience because I did. And they also have an online store, which they will tell you about in the interview, which is part of their recovery process. Please, folks, stay tuned for our amazing interview. And if you are outraged over the fact that sex trafficking is happening in the United States and women and girls and men and boys are victims, then please, you must also be outraged that they leave that life also victims. So stay tuned for our interview coming up next. Coming up next is my interview with Hope Jernigan. Hope is the executive director of Bravely and Magdalene St. Louis. I'll also be speaking with Anika Rogers, who is a resident of Magdalene St. Louis and employed with Bravely. Welcome to Women Transcend Hope. Thank you, thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. So let me just explain sort of the context of today's interview. I was surfing uh, internet and checking my Facebook page, and I came across this really attractive advertisement for a company called Bravely. And I was really curious about it and clicked in, and I saw the great work, first of all, great products, and the great work that this organization was doing. So I contacted Bravely and just asked, I'd love to interview you. And I got a lovely response and reply. And so thank you very much, Hope, for being so so accommodating and willing to talk with me about Bravely and the important work that you do. Absolutely. We love telling the story of Bravely and 
talking about uh, the work that we do here. Great. Well, that's a great place to start. Can you tell us about Bravely? Yes. So Bravely is a program that employs and empowers women who are survivors of sexual exploitation, whether that's trafficking, prostitution, any ways that women have had to, in one way or another, trade sex for survival. And all of the women in the program are also overcoming addiction. And so Bravely was started. It's a program of an organization called Magdalene St. Louis, which allows women to come and stay in a house for up to two years. And we help get them connected with healthcare, with therapy, with everything that they need to be able to build new lives for themselves. And most importantly, a community where they are loved and not judged and are able to recover together. And so we started Bravely because it's really important that the women are able to start going to work and earning savings. And in addition to that, learning job skills that they can put on their resumes so that they can continue to earn a living wage for as long as they have careers. So Bravely was started for that purpose. And we knew the goals of the business before we knew what the product would be. And so when we were kind of designing this social enterprise, we went to the women in the program and said, what is it that you would like this business to be? And we spent a couple of weeks brainstorming and there was energy around this idea of apparel, t-shirts and sweatshirts and, you know, baseball tees and stuff like that, but not just apparel, but apparel that has messages of inspiration on them. So that's kind of how Bravely started. We started with a t-shirt, a tote bag, and a water bottle, and now we've expanded our product line pretty significantly. And all of the phrases on the products are ones that have come out of the community, ones that we've done brainstorming together on and, and come up with together. That is just astounding. That's just a beautiful story. And everything that you said is so important that this came organically from the community and they're invested in it and they will give and in return get back the job skills. That's just a great model. So how do women find themselves in this? Is it sort of transitional living yeah, it's it. They can stay for up to two years, so we consider it long term housing, and it's in a it's a in a house together. So it's set up like any family's home would be, with bedrooms and bathrooms, and you know, kitchen and dining room. And so women come to us either when they're coming out of prison or jail, or if they're being referred from other social service providers, especially uh, addiction treatment centers. <coughs> And then the third way is that women just find us. They um, are on the street or they are staying with someone and they hear about us and they give us a call. Uh huh. You mentioned that the messaging on the apparel was empowering. Can you give us an idea of what some of those messages are? Sure. We currently have really five phrases. We've, um, the original ones were love is brave compassion is badass, and I'm a work in progress. And then we recently introduced a few new phrases. One is live bravely. And then we um, came out with some cards and notepads that also are focused on the theme of bravery. The greeting cards say you are brave on them. And the notepad says do something brave today. Um, So they are all messages about 
being courageous and, you know, doing that next brave thing. Uh Uh-huh. I love that. And if somebody were interested in finding your website, where should they go? They should go to bravely.org and all of our products are available on the website. Great. Okay. I will also put that up on my website. If anybody, if you for some reason have trouble remembering bravely.org, I will have it up on our website as well, womentranscend.com. So the women that find their way to you, either through referral or they come to you on their own, where are they in their lives? We work with women who are adults, so age 19 and older. It doesn't mean that girls who are younger than that don't struggle with these same issues. They do. It's just that we're set up best for adult women. And many of them, I mean, every single story is different. And in other ways, every story is the same. And, you know, some of them had completed college and, you know, had jobs and ended up dealing with addiction and then exploitation. Others, you know, from a very early age um, had been out on the streets. Nearly every woman who comes to our program is a survivor of multiple childhood traumas. Uh Typically, they are survivors of abuse starting at a young age and fall into patterns of addiction as a way to cope with everything they've been through. Yeah. Okay. As we know all too well, and as we are being reminded, you know, in mass media coverage right now, the world sometimes is not all that friendly to women and girls. So once they find you, they make their way into your program, then how do they, do you offer programming? How, how um, do you help them in the transition? Yeah, so the first thing that we offer them is a warm and safe and loving place to stay. And then the longer that they're here, the more programming they have. We do up to 14 hours of group work in the house each week. And as they continue to move along in the program, Right around six months or a little after, they're eligible to begin employment at Bravely. Also, at that time, they can start pursuing education. So, and then, you know, once they're more than a year in, they really start planning for life beyond the program. Um, And they really start kind of getting everything they need together to be able to sustain themselves once they graduate. That's great. So you you talked about giving them job skills. Are there other things that you help in training or for for those that are interested? Yeah. One of the things that's important to us is being prepared financially. So we get them connected with financial literacy programs. And also each woman has her own aspirations for what she wants to do with her life. And so we help get them connected on various educational paths so that they can start working towards those goals. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I just think that that is something that is missing just in general. Women, just in general, financial literacy. And, you know, obviously this is a generalization, but it seems like it's men that get invited to the budget meetings or, you know, they get appointed to the committees on budget. But it's so important for women to be able to navigate basic things, you know, opening a savings account or getting a checking account or opening a credit card. And it's so important to understand how not to be taken advantage of because the industry is set up to take advantage of those who don't understand. And that's not what this show is about, but I just just stepped up on my um, platform there for a second. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So 
once women are, if they're interested in working on Brave in um, Bravely, what sort of jobs are open to them? So we pretty much kind of start with the basics of running this apparel company. At Bravely, they do everything except make the product. So we felt as though manual labor skills for women who are in our program are not necessarily going to set them up to be the most successful once they graduate. So we start instead with order fulfillment and bookkeeping and marketing and running events, you know, social media marketing. So we do a lot of customer service is another one. So they, when they start here, we start with kind of the basics of, you know, filling a package for an order or counting for inventory. And then the more time they spend here, the more we find their unique kind of niche and add more responsibility to what they're doing. Uh huh. And then when women are ready to move on and leave the Magdalene program, what sort of things do they move on to? That's a great question that we don't have a lot of answers to yet because we're still such a young program. Oh, okay. We're just over two years old. We have had one woman graduate from the program, and uh, she is now a full-time student pursuing a degree in accounting, and she also has just stepped into the manager role here at Bravely. So she has moved, since she's graduated, she's moved into a leadership position here. Great. Well, that's a great success story. Yeah. I understand that you have with you Anika, and Anika, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, my name is Anika. I am a survivor. I'm a woman of faith. I'm a grateful recovering addict, and I'm also a medicine work in progress. That's how I identify um, myself. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and I heard about Magdalene of St. Louis, and I knew I needed some long-term care. And so I called. Um, I got on the waiting list, and they had a bed available, so I came. And Ever since January the 10th of 2017, my life has not been the same. So you came from Tennessee to St. Louis to be a part of the program? Yes, ma'am. That's a great testament to the, the work that they're doing there at Magdalene. Can you tell us, you said your life has not been the same. How has it changed? I have a lot of joy. I have a voice. I have decided to take back my life. I have a lot of childhood trauma, and not only um, childhood trauma, but just being in the streets in bondage with addiction, you also deal with a lot of trauma. And so having a therapist, having a counselor, having somebody I can talk to and get the help that's needed, the healing process to reclaim my life back. That's the path that I have been on because I've been in victim role for so long and I was mad at the world for so long. But since I came to Magdalene of St. Louis and met women who have been through the same thing that I have been through, we encourage each other um, and we love on each other and things are looking up for the for the best. That's really powerful. And I can just imagine that no one can really understand the path that has led you to where you are like the the other women in the program with you. Is that fair to say? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. 
I mean, I can say, wow, that must have been awful. But I have not walked in your shoes. And, you know, that's just um, must be an amazing sisterhood to have that support there for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what does being a part of Bravely mean to you? Well, I'm one because of addiction. My background, my my criminal history is very long and lengthy. One thing about being under the influence of drugs, you do things that you normally wouldn't do when you're in your right mind. And, And so being clean for 10 months, I still have that background history when somebody pulled my name. Uh-huh. And at Bravely, they don't look at your history, your background history. They look at the person that you are and the person you want to become. Uh-huh. And they go from there, you know. So just have somebody give me the opportunity to show that I am worthy. I am a good employee. You know, I can show up on time. I can be responsible. And I can take what I learned. And I also have the next woman that's coming into the program. Oh, yeah. So that responsibility to sort of mentor, does that push you to be even a better? I mean, you said you're an amazing work in progress. Does yeah. that push you to even be more amazing or, you know, push you to, to rise above even more and, and hold yourself accountable even more? Because now you're responsible not just for your own recovery, but you're helping others. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know, for me, because I've been there, I know that the struggle is real and God handpicked me out of the ditch. But it is so many others that's still in the ditch, you know, and so I just want to be a beacon of hope and light for them. Yeah, I can do it. They can do it also. You know, but I was in addiction. I didn't know that there was hope. I didn't know that. There are people in the world that don't judge because I had so many people who judged me and they look at what was going on, but they never asked, how did you get here? And I got that through a whole bunch of failed systems as far as the foster care system, the school system, the jail system. So just to come from where I come from, I still don't forget where I come from. Each day I go outside and catch this city bus, I see it all so often, you know, and it's, it, it's so real that a lot of people, we, we can no longer not recognize that sex trafficking is going on and it's a multi-million dollar industry. Yep. We have to stop somewhere. It has, we have to put a stop on it. Yeah. And it's so easy to be blind to it, even though it's obvious right in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people that make the choice just not to see it. Right, right. Do you think you think that's true? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And what would you say to somebody like what would you say to you two years ago to get you to seek out help from a place like Magdalene? No, I don't know. Because, like I said, when you when you in the ditch and, and, and you're not knowing that there's a way out. You continue to stay in the ditch. You become accustomed to the abnormal. And, 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 and so, like, I'm just grateful that even while I was in the ditch, God allowed, still shined his light on me. And when I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, there was hope, you know. And, and for that woman that's still suffering, I was just say, continue to hold on. 
you know, and continue to reach out for help because that's what I did. Yeah, I I can imagine that it would be really hard to see if that's what you're used to. Yes. You know, if you're in a hole so deep that you can't see sunshine, it would be really, I can imagine, really hard to even fathom that there's a way to get out. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm here to say there is a way out, you know, Uh because I do understand. Yeah. And what would you say is the first step? The first step for me was being sick and tired of the conditions that I was living in, Um, not being able to be there for my kids. Um, I became homeless. I was traumatized over and over again, and I became accustomed to that. But one day I had a moment of clarity. And when I had that moment of clarity, I reached out for help, and help was available. Uh Uh-huh. And right here, I just have to underline the name of your organization, Bravely, because what an enormous act of courage to reach out, despite the fact that probably at that point you felt like every odd was stacked against you, but you had the courage to reach out and ask for help or to seek help. And thank goodness that you found it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Now, you mentioned something when we first started talking, and that was that there was a wait list for you to get into the Magdalene program. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Hope, can I ask for you, would you mind talking about the wait list? Sure. So we can house up to 11 women at a time. And we have gotten calls from over 90 women in the last year and a half. And so it's a huge issue. And we simply just don't have enough room for every woman who wants to come and be a part of our community. And so we do have a wait list. And we ask that women who are on our wait list continue to get in touch with us. If they're in jail, we ask that they write us a letter once a month and or if they're not in jail, that they, you know, get on the phone with us once a week and check in and say, you know, I'm still here. I still want to come. And so our program officer works with that wait list and does her best to bring the next woman in when she's ready. And, and also when the community is ready for a new sister, you know, we work really hard at Magdalene to make sure that the community is always embracing a culture of acceptance and non-judgment. And so you know, making sure that everybody is ready for that next sister to come through the door with open arms um, is a big part of of what makes it successful. Uh Uh-huh. Now, can I ask if you had more resources, would it be possible for you to accommodate more women or are you kind of set a ceiling for the, the number of women that you can provide assistance for, you know, at a acceptable level of care or something? We would absolutely love to grow and eventually have more than one house and have a program serving many more women. We're, you know, still young and still trying to um, secure our support in the St. Louis community and beyond. And so right now we're hoping to continue to sustain our current numbers for a little while longer and then be able to grow and do a big new campaign to be able to grow our services as well. So that's certainly in the future, but we need to stabilize first before we start growing again. Yeah, sure. Okay. Now, if someone listening were interested in providing you with support, 
They can visit bravely.org and purchase. You have apparel, you have paper, you have stationary goods, you have tote bags. So you have a nice assortment of things that you offer on your website. And holidays are coming up, so you could go and and do your holiday shopping. If they wanted to donate, where would they go? They can go to the same website, and there are a couple ways. If they want to just donate, they can click the donate button that's right on the homepage. If they want to shop and donate, there's an add a donation button where they can add whatever level of donation they'd like. Great. Okay. So again, I will put a link to that on the Women Transcend website. Can I just, in closing, Anika, ask you, if you knew a woman who needed help, wasn't there just yet, wasn't admitting to herself that that she needed to reach out, which shirt from the Bravely store would you give to that person? What message written on the shirt? I would say I'm a work in progress because even being on the other side, I'm still a work in progress. And so that leaves me to be able to make mistakes, but love myself. You know what I'm saying? Why I'm making mistakes. Just know that as long as I don't pick up, you know, the, the, the sky is the limit and I can always become a better person. If, if I can do my best today and stay in today, Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. So just knowing that coming from where I come from, that I'm still a work in progress. Yeah, well, you know, that is so profound and so important for us all to remember, because honestly, we are all work in progress. And if you're not, if you think that you're not, then you're not being truthful to yourself because (laughs) we, you know, we learn something new every single day. And if you don't, then you need to open your eyes because there's something new to learn every day. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Well, I have to thank you so much, Hope and Anika, for sharing the very powerful story of this organization, the great work that you do. And Anika, thank you so much for the courage to lift yourself and the courage to lift us by sharing your story. I I really appreciate it. And I just can't thank you enough. And I also want to thank you for taking the time out and, you know, speaking the truth. Uh, of course. Well, I, I thank you so much, and I really encourage listeners, this is a worthy cause. This is what we are about, and we have to stop looking past these issues. We have to stop looking past these lives. And so, again, thank you for all of your wonderful work, and I wish you all the best, and hopefully... Maybe we'll do an interview next year and you'll have three houses. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. We really enjoyed being with you today. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Women Transcend. If you enjoy our podcast, an easy way to help support us is to tell at least one friend about our show and how they can find us. As I say, grab their phone and hit subscribe. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts yourself so that new episodes will automatically load into your podcast player each week and you'll be sure you won't miss an episode. A big thanks to Hope and Anika for today's interview. And of course, to John Philbeck for doing all of the fabulous sound artistry so that we sound so good. Follow us on Facebook at Women Transcend because we always enjoy hearing from you. That's all for this episode. 